Thanks for joining us here today on Worldview with Mike Lester. Each episode, we have a conversation with ministry leaders or other committed Christians with one simple goal in mind, to learn how to develop a biblical worldview. That way we can be faithful believers at the intersection of theology and life. I invite you to stay connected with us at jmichaellester.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you find today's episode helpful, please consider sharing it with your friends or even giving us a review. We believe it's important for everyone to know how to have a biblical worldview and to live life correctly where theology and life intersect. And so with that in mind, let's dive into today's topic. Well, welcome back to another episode here of Worldview with Mike Lester. I'm excited today about uh, the guest I have in studio. Uh, today, my guest is Eric McKay, uh, now a senior pastor, but Eric uh, was a former student of mine, and he uh, went from a Christian school teacher, basketball coach, to a youth pastor, uh, to now a senior pastor, and, and a lot of places in between. And so, Eric, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Glad we got a chance to catch up a little bit as well. Uh, Eric, I want to talk about really your journey uh, that, that God has led you on uh, from a teenager surrendering to serve the Lord, Bible college, uh, working hard and uh, you know, playing sports, uh, but yet a good grade point average, then uh, some setbacks, and now today a senior a senior pastor. You know, sort of an amazing journey. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. <laughs> So what year did you graduate from college with your undergrad? Uh, 2008. Okay. And then uh, ministry now has been about how many years? Oh, man, I'm about close to 15. That's what I thought. Okay. So let's let's take this journey back to, I guess, high school. Yes, sir. And I just want to just sort of walk us through what God was doing in your life then. And what I want to get at is along this journey, how God has shaped your worldview about, about ministry for sure. Ministry philosophy, ministry purpose, all of those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm sure uh, there's probably a lot of people that can resonate with that. Um, uh, basically, they'll say I was in church uh, nine months in the womb. Right. You know, and yeah, from yeah. they basically, you know, I grew up. My mom was a pastor's kid, and um, went to Christian school. And you know, I was even talking the other day with a pastor, and he said one of the hardest people to preach to is Christian school kids. Yeah. And I was one of those. Sure. Um, I love sports, and you know, pretty much all through middle school, high school, that was my dream. I want to be a professional athlete, and you know, I I just really put a lot of emphasis on sports. And my junior year, uh, the Lord really started working on my heart. And I remember at a missions conference, I was there, and and that was the first time that I really. Uh, felt the Lord really working my heart about ministry. And I remember going forward and talking to uh, one of uh, the teachers and I was just like, man, the Lord's really doing something. I, you know, I've had uh, sports as my focus and, you know, I, it's all wrong. You know, it's been my, my idol. And, you know, I know that the Lord wants me to work with teenagers and work in ministry. And what do I do? Where do I go? You know, and they started talking to me and I started to do uh, some different things and, uh, you know, look at different Bible colleges. And right. Yeah. So that was kind of the first advice. Hey, well, go to Bible college. And so um, we took some college trips and that's when we settled on West Coast okay. Baptist College. So when you got to college, uh, were you there primarily to study for ministry only? Or what, what was your focus more on the basketball? What, what was your focus? Yeah. So, I mean, 
I my my sport was baseball and I love baseball. That's that's the direction I wanted to go. And so I had given that up and I was like going to go to school and I realized that at the school they only had two sports, one for one for girls, volleyball, one for guys, basketball. And so, you know, I was I was decent, you know, in, in high school and basketball. And then so I was like, oh, they have a basketball team. So that competitive nature in me was like, I got to try out. And honestly, I thought I didn't have a chance, really. And so as I, I began working, I started talking to what, some of the basketball players on some things that maybe I should do, start scrimmaging. I was like, oh, well, you know, I can kind of hang with them a little bit. So, you know, I started but started to play basketball. But really, my intention, I really had a focus on, you know, that junior year. The Lord really shifted my heart. Okay. So when you were in college, did you have to work as well? Um, so I did not. I worked uh, two or three jobs during the summer to pay okay. off my school bill. Um, and then I did work like a 10 hour a week, uh, you know, a job on campus. So, but you kept your grades up. Yes, sir. Three point. I think it was like 3.75 yeah, was my final sort of GPA. Up there in the uh, upper escalon. <laughs> yeah. uh, not the typical uh, basketball representative. Right. So I remember yeah. that. Okay. So then you graduate yes, and sir. you're so excited. Uh, you've got your diploma in your hand. You're going to go out and change the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's really my freshman, you know, after, first year out of out of college i'm like well you know i i feel like i can just save everyone that superman mentality not married not married and you know going in there and i didn't realize even some of those limitations that i would have and it was discouraging at times not being married the first few years of ministry because you know i see my friends my brother you know they're all getting married now they're having kids and i'm like what sometimes i'm thinking what's wrong with me right yeah. you know so then god brings someone into your life yes and then uh, you guys are now married and serving together. Yes, sir. How long were you at your first ministry? So I was at my first ministry for 10 years. Okay. Um, I didn't realize it was that long. Okay. Yes, sir. And how long was that while you were married? Uh, I was married for five years. Okay. So the last five years of your time there, you're, you're, you're juggling uh, a lot of hats. Yes. So you are the... Uh, Christian school secondary teacher? I was a secondary teacher, yes. Okay, teaching? So I taught a Bible class. I taught a Christian manhood class. And I even taught some math classes. And I'm not sure why, but they, you know, there's a hole. So I was put in there. Okay, so, so we got these classes. And you're coaching? Yes, sir. I coached all three sports. And then you're also working on the church side. Yep. Full time. Uh, I was, I, I was our, I started out kind of as our children's pastor, bus director, and then also was kind of working in, in youth ministry. So Okay. And somewhere along that last five years, just a lot of things got out of balance. Yes. And uh, you decided it was time to just step away and focus right. uh, on, on your soul health. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, once I got married, it was like game changer. And yeah. I'm sure some can relate to that. But I started to realize as a single person, I could do a lot of that. I was I, and I'm a very active person. And so, you know, it was go, 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 go. Set, we were seven day a week employees. Uh, but then, like in the last five years, I realized looking back that I had four meals in those five years at home with my wife. And I just realized something needed to change. Um, and ministry was becoming more important, even with time. And they my were, wife was getting were, my leftovers. They were competing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So you made a, a hard decision. Yes, sir. Uh, because, you know, when you're in Bible college, it's like, we need laborers. You know, we need you to stand in the gap and, right. and all these things. But you felt like there was some pressure. Uh, with your with your family uh, mm -hmm. competing, right? And so you made a difficult decision to step back from ministry. Yes, yeah. When you stepped back, did you think that maybe one day you would go back into ministry, or did you think, man, I just maybe I'm not cut out for ministry? Right. What was what was going on? Well, there you? was a solid month where I even questioned going back to church. Wow. Okay. So you know, I wore, there were four weeks where my wife and I we didn't go to church at all. We were burned, and 
we just, so I started actually working at a drug and alcohol treatment facility. I had worked there part-time, started working full-time. You and just so, worked there part-time in addition to yes, your other jobs yes, you just talked about. Yep, yeah, okay. yeah. So, but I took on the full-time job because we needed to, you know, finances. And I really just took that time to pray and say, God, what's next? I basically broke everything down and just started. I knew I was saved, but that was about it. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you picked up and moved. Yes. Uh, did you... Uh, invite yourself what do you invite so so basically uh, so i started trying to get some counsel from people i got all sorts of counsel and so you know contradicting yeah yeah definitely and you know um finally i had one of my friends who just said you know you need to and he listed three pastors names and one of them was brian sams and he said look uh, give him a call and just see you know and i'm of the mindset some of the advice i was getting was don't leave full-time ministry, you know, go, you know, you don't want to do that. You're almost compromising if that's what you do. Yeah. Well, then when I called uh, Brian Sam's the first time we talked for about a year, you didn't know him from West Coast. I did not yeah. No, yeah. no. And just this friend and I knew of him. And so we got connected and we, we talked uh, uh, just, just over the phone. And at first he was kind of, he was kind of uh, discouraged too, because he had some, some issues with some of the youth ministry there and just uh, the, some of the youth leaders. And so he was like, yeah, well, if you come, you know, you're going to have to work a secular job and I don't really have anything to offer you. Well, it started to transpire that he was realizing that he had a need in his youth ministry. And he said, well, why don't you come and lead a group? And so I went and worked secular. It was actually in a Christian school by name only. Um, and I, I worked there for a year while then just kind of helping with a group of people in his youth ministry there. So to sort of set a context here for maybe people who don't know some of the names we just mentioned, uh, Brian is a friend of mine. We worked together uh, at West Coast Baptist College for uh, eight or nine years now. He and I both worked together at Veritas Baptist College. Uh, Brian, when he left uh, West Coast, became a pastor in Jacksonville, Florida. He's been there for quite a few years now. And so Eric was raised up in uh, the Minnesota area. And so now he's uprooting, leaving everything he knows, and he's going to Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Uh, with just sort of uh, hanging on that God right. is going to meet him where he is because he's just his life has been turned upside down. Yeah. And some of the dreams that you had in college are sort of shattered. Right. Yeah, right. Shattered. right. All right. So now you're at Brian's church uh, and you're starting to minister to teens. Mm -hmm. but, but this is where I catch up with your story, because yeah. it seemed like almost daily, if not at least weekly, you were posting a picture with you. And somebody, I just led this guy to Christ. I just mm -hmm. led this guy, and I was like, "Wow!" And uh, because my 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 mental image of you was a good student and a basketball player, mm -hmm. uh, but now my my image of you was like every time this guy's posting, he's leading someone to Christ. Right. And I didn't know all the backstory, even why you'd gotten there, uh, but I but I could I could see God using you. Yeah. So pick up what's going on there. So you know when I went down there, there's one thing that was really hard. So I was busy in my first ministry. And one thing that's always been passion, a passion to me is outreach and just reaching people. I wasn't able to do that. And when I went down there, I made a determination that, you know, the, I'm just going to try to um, just witness to people whenever I get the opportunity. And I love sports again. And basketball down there was really popular. And our basketball program just really took off. So you started a basketball program for outreach. Right. Yeah. And so as as these kids are coming in, you know, I'm getting to know them. Um, and as, as, a lot of times as I, I got to know them, I take them out to eat. And I just purpose to have gospel conversations with them eventually. Sure. And so we would just have these these times where they'd come and we we talk. They, I know them. They knew me. You know, I played basketball. I could shoot still a little bit. <laughs> and so they respected that. But then they also 
um, a lot of them had a misconception of what church really was. Sure. You know, they want my money. They, you know, it, it's all, they want me to serve. They want me to do these things. And they had never really experienced someone actually loving them. Yeah. And a lot of, in our area, we did a, a, a study in that mile radius. Over 50% of the homes were single parent homes. Wow. And so different, different ministry than what I was used to in Minnesota. A little bit of an inner city, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so. How many years were you in Jacksonville? I was in Jacksonville um, about three and a half years. Do you have an idea of how many of those uh, teens and, and young adults who led to Christ? Yeah. Life? So we, we passed a hundred um, in my last couple of months that we were there, a hundred wow. teens that were saved. Yeah. Yeah. It was just amazing. Well, so you, 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 God's called me to the ministry. I'm swimming in high school and I'm going to serve the Lord. I graduate from college. I'm heading to ministry. Wow. 10 years and I'm burnt out. Mm. My family's getting my leftovers. I don't know if I want to go to church. Right. Then God puts some wind in your sails again. In the course of three years or so, you lead over a hundred people to Christ there without reach. Somewhere along that journey, God began to tug at your heart to do more. Right. So what's, what's happening there? So, you know, I really lost my identity, you know, and I, my identity always, you know, a lot of times, even in Bible college too, was all about pleasing man. It was really a lot about just, you know, I want to lead someone to the Lord. So this person can say, good job, Eric. Yeah. It was, I want to do this. So this pastor or this person would notice me. And really just when I went down there, I was able to finally get some rest and realize and just, just find myself and of who I am in Christ sure. and that my identity is in him. It's not in a person, it's not myself, but my identity is in Christ. And when I realized that it was a game changer. So now you're not working a secular job and ministering to teens on the side. You're not a youth. Now you're a, you're a senior pastor. Yes, sir. Uh, and so, let's see, so as of this recording, roughly about five months in, right? Yeah. So five months in, Eric is now yeah. pastor Eric McCabe yeah. uh, in Ohio. Yes, sir. Just outside Dayton. Mm -hmm. uh, and how did, when you were in high school or even college, did you ever see yourself as a senior pastor? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. Yeah, I, I don't remember you ever saying that. Uh, so, so what did God do to get you to that point? Well, I, first of all, I didn't want to speak in front of people at all, <laughs> you know, and then he had, he has a funny sense of humor. I become a teacher and I become a pastor and I was just like, well, okay. But, um, you know, I, I just, as I got older, uh, the Lord really started to work on my heart and I started to feel it was a lot harder for me to relate to teenagers. Um, you know, I, the oldest is 18 years old and my age is starting to spread farther and farther and farther. You know, I don't have the same energy that I used to have and I really actually started to develop a lot more relationships with adults and, you know, I just really love people. And I was praying and I'm like, Lord, what, you know, what direction do you want me to go? Do you want me to start some sort of a ministry? Do you want me to um, continue as a youth pastor? Because when I left Minnesota, I thought I was done being a youth pastor. And God gave me back three and a half more years of being a youth pastor. And so, you know, he's began to work on me. I had some conversations with Pastor Sam's about this. And I remember we were on a youth conference. And I was just talking, you know, what what do I do? And we both didn't really have an answer. Um, and then finally, you know, I'm the type of person where sometimes I have to be prodded a little bit. <laughs> so pastor calls me in and, you know, I'm just and, and mind you, just kind of from some of the ministries in the past, like that wasn't always a good thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and I so. Yeah. Office. Yeah. So I was just a little nervous and, you know, went in there and he said, hey, have you thought about pastoring here? And, you know, my whole context, once I went down there, you know, when I finally got the wind in my sails, the direction I was like, I know it's to it's to pastor someday. 
Wow. And um, so when I left Minnesota, I, you know, I thought youth pastor was in the, in the rear view window and I thought pastoring, that's the next step. And I wanted to train under Pastor Sam's. And so I go down there and it's supposed to be two years. And then shortly I become the youth pastor. And, you know, now we have this conversation. I think you're ready. You know, and he had taken, gotten some counsel from some people and, you know, and, and I'm like, well, you, you know, I, I, let, I need to talk to my wife. Let's pray. And as we start talking, we realized it was the right thing to do. And we started to put some resumes out and, I, and within six months, I was voted in to be the pastor in wow. Dayton. So it was pretty quick. Okay. So now, uh, one more thing to add to this resume that's sort of on the side. Yeah. It's not just Pastor Eric McKay. It's also Professor Eric McKay. <laughs> yeah. So Eric actually oh, teaches man. here in my in the undergraduate department that I'm the chair of. Uh, did you ever see yourself doing that? No, no. And he teaches a lot of classes, just those of you that are listening, uh, on youth ministries. Uh, yes. Because he wants to, you and I were having a conversation just recently about one part of your passion for the next generation. Right. And not just, uh, you know, seeing a large attendance in a church, but actually seeing committed disciples that are reaching into their community and, and, and seeing lives right. transform. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest problems in our churches is a discipleship problem. Um, you know, even when I was down in Jacksonville, it, I was so engaged in leading people to the Lord, seeing them baptized. And then what? And a lot of times we look at that as an end point. And it really needs to be the beginning point. And so, you know, I as I was praying about some opportunities, I, you know, I and Pastor Sam didn't even really know what was going on in my heart in this case. But I, my, I shifted my first ministry. I was the young guy. Now in my second ministry, I'm, I'm becoming one of more of the seasoned veterans on the staff. And I really just wanted to be there for people because I didn't have that. I didn't have that. Like you know, when we say. Uh, you know, at times you need to have a mentor, a coach, someone that's pouring into you just as much as you're pouring into other people. But my question has always been, well, who, you know, a lot of times you go to, to guys and it starts out and it fizzles out because people are busy. And so when he presented me with the opportunity of teaching at Veritas, I was like, this is it, you know, between that and pastoring, I really feel like I can fulfill this, this passion that the Lord has laid on my heart to really minister to the next generation of leaders and saying, you know, this isn't just an eight week or 15 week class, but I want to, you know, take my phone number, uh, you know, take my email with you. And as you're in ministry, as you have questions, let me pray with you. Uh, let's have gospel conversations about the gospel. Let's have conversations about ministry. We're in this together. The church isn't just Landmark Baptist Church. The church is uh, all of us as Christians. And that that's really was my focus and my heart is to really help the 21, 22 year old first time in ministry, um, kind of wide eyed like me, Superman trying to save the world in ministry type people. So here's at three years ago, uh, four years ago. Uh, sitting at home on Sunday, not mm. going to church. Yeah. And uh, now uh, God uh, gave you, ref he refocused you, let you know that just because you had a, uh, a, a experience that maybe deflated, yes. that wasn't his intent, and he had a plan for your life, and he established your goings again. Right. And now someone who was sitting at home just a few years ago is passionate about helping the next generation. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's just a great picture of God's grace. Yeah, absolutely. If you were to compare your view of ministry when you first stepped on the campus of Bible College uh, and now as a senior pastor and the journey of grace you've taken, how, how would you contrast what God has taught you about 
ministry and what would be some of those changes? Yeah, for me, number one would be, I, you know, I'm a big goal oriented person, to do list. And my relationship with God was more of that a to do list. But just changing to understanding the, the authenticity in my relationship with Jesus and his love for me and, you know, praying, you know, it isn't just because you're as a ch child, I was hearing, you know, you need to pray, you need to read your Bible. And it's like you almost can check it off the proverbial list and say, yeah, you know, I did this, I've but spiritually I wasn't growing. And seeing Jesus for who he is and in my life and just uh, it, just that authenticity and making it real um, this is a difference maker. You know, I, I before in the 10 years, I had never in my life fasted. You know, I, I, you know, I heard about it all the time. I, you know, and I, I love my food. So that might be part <laughs> of the reason. But just even simple spiritual disciplines like that. And, you know, I really began journaling. And, you know, I had a hard time focusing on praying. And I was like, you know, I'd start praying. And then all of a sudden it would be my mind would be somewhere else. And, you know, I, so I started journaling. I started writing out my prayers. Wow. And my as I did that, and then I, I can go back and I can read. And it's amazing. Sometimes we feel like, is God really doing anything in my life? And then I go back in my journal and be like, yeah, he did this yeah. and he did this. And so those two spiritual disciplines have really helped me um, have a more authentic relationship with the Lord. Which in turn allows you to develop people who are following your ministry to have the same time. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Eric, you, you've had some bumps yes. in your 15 years of ministry, yeah. but you've tried to stay faithful and God's used you. What would you say just practically to someone, you know, you've, you've mentioned I have a heart to help the 21, 22 year olds. Yeah. So, so what would you say if we had somebody sitting in our studio now who just like at the time of this recording, we have a graduation tonight for some of our Veritas grads. Right. And so if one of them were to come in here and say, hey, Professor McKay, Professor Lester, <laughs> uh, I'm getting ready to start ministry tomorrow. What would be your, your advice to them? Stay humble. Okay. Stay humble. Um, you know, I think one thing is becoming a pastor. Um, the thing I prayed for the most is humility. Um, I, if anybody's been in ministry long enough, we see uh, we've had too many of our brothers fall. And, um, you know, accountability is huge. Um, and I, I would echo this on here, too. If you don't have accountability and you don't have someone that you can talk to, I am always open and available to talk with you. But just I, I that was part of it. It was all about recognition. I want a church that has five, six hundred people. Right, yeah. You know, I want, you know, look what the Lord, you know, is doing in me, you know, and and, you know, is it authentic or is it because I'm trying to get man's applause? And listen, I that humility is such a big thing. It can help. And then I, my second advice is have a strong, authentic prayer life and make sure you take time to rest. Um, rest it, you rest. That's what, what was a big problem in my life. And, you know, and by rest, I don't mean that you necessarily have to go and sleep all day, but there's, there's a sense of take time to renew yourself, take time to go in, uh, into silence and solitude. Jesus even went into the wilderness, um, and take, take time, find your wilderness, find a place where you can step away from the busyness of ministry to really renew and recharge your batteries when the time comes, because it will. What's renewal for you? What do you do? For so I take a lot of time to read. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, being a sports person yeah, in high yeah. school, reading was not my favorite thing. But changing my mindset and realizing that this can, some of this can help me, whether it's different types of reading um, of, of the scripture, 
uh, or it's, you know, I will, again, I will write out scripture and I will reread it, memorize. And and I'm telling you, if you can learn the art of meditation, um, it's something that can really be beneficial in your ministry. And then find good practical books that will help your soul. Um, things that will keep you refreshed and renewed. So really, I try to get away. And then family time. Yeah, Family time's huge. And especially having young kids now, um, I will always, my little son, he's just about one years old, right before I leave all the time, he usually likes to come to me and lift his hands up. And I could be like, I'm busy, I'm going to go out the door. And sometimes I'll be a little late just to hold my son for a little bit longer. So uh, don't, don't risk your family for ministry. Yeah, good. Yeah. So today I have enjoyed having uh, Eric McKay as my guest. We talked about a journey of grace, hmm, yes. you know, a a uh, guy just loving uh, his high school sports and <laughs> perhaps seeing maybe a future in that direction, uh, humbling himself as God called him, going to a Bible college that didn't even have the sport that he was interested in, hmm. uh, graduating from Bible college knowing he's called to serve, but not married. That was sometimes a stigma. Yes. Yeah. But went ahead and served anyway, gave everything he had and kept try- trying to give that same pace uh, even after married. Uh, and then realized that uh, those aren't sustainable paces. Mm-hmm. So God slowed him down, and God taught him not just about the the looking at the the matrix of results, but the mm-hmm. inner soul health. And so that's come up today with the fasting, the solitude, the, the journaling, the meditation, memorization, mm-hmm. spending time in God's Word. Yeah. And uh, then God uh, giving you opportunities. Sometimes it was interesting. You know, you were in ministry for ten years, but you didn't really have time to do some of the pure ministry of reaching right. people. Absolutely. And I'm, I've heard that on a few occasions. But then God God allowed you to catch that opportunity of just seeing lives change in front of you. Hmm. And it just does something for the heart, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And now, uh, pastoring a church in Ohio, uh, it's just, I've, I've enjoyed hearing the journey. And hmm. I would just say to those that are listening today that uh, God's grace is sufficient for all of our journey. Hmm. And uh, your That's view true. about ministry and your view about uh, what the Lord desires and your view about how ministry and, and family, uh, these are worldview issues that have to be informed by biblical, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, biblical common sense, I guess, for lack of better words. And I'm glad God taught you that lesson before you went out and made a mess of your life Yes, uh, and became a statistic. Right. And I'm glad that uh, you're serving the Lord and that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that the people there in Dayton uh, have a pastor who loves him, who loves the Lord, who loves his family. And I'm excited to see what God does in your ministry over the next few years. Amen. Thank you. Any parting comments or words of wisdom you want to share that you haven't shared yet? Here's your last chance. Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, if you, you know, one thing I'm learning in my church is uh, be outwardly focused. Um, we've had some opportunities to really just connect with our community. And if you can do that and you can serve your community, I would say do it. Um, but I just really appreciate the time and being able to share just a little bit of my story here today. Yeah, it's great to catch up again as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a wrap for Worldview with Mike Lester. Hope to see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys.